All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Schreiber and this is Bull Bear Radio. It's episode number 67. We're back. Don Schreiber, you with me? I'm here, man. I'm here. All right, all right. So, hey, last week, S&P notches gains on jobs data. It was up again. The market's up, sun's up, the whole thing. You know, what'd you think about last week, man? Market, market kind of just kept going wow, up. Oh, man, pretty good week. It was a pretty good week, right? Yeah, man. I, I liked it. As of today's taping, we're only a couple percentage of points away from the uh, all-time highs. Not too shabby. There's a lot of people calling from doom and gloom. I was just reading an article. Some bond guy thinks the bond market's telling us the, the stock market's toast. 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 A lot of, lot of naysayers out there. A lot of naysayers watching the market climb higher and make them look foolish. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm reading about, you know, jobs gains and the jobs data. I mean, uh, every sector virtually has a positive trend in in you know jobs especially recently over the last couple of months over the last year some some sectors are like smoking it dude from a from a job creation perspective hold the phone not so fast yesterday they came out with a print and said that the uh, number of job openings shrank dramatically yes, but by that almost 550,000 jobs but that could be really good for wages could be. It could be good for wages. It could be. Could be good wait for wages. That's but all you I'm know, saying, you know, it's not all positive I and mean, rosy, Goldilocks. Did, did you know that the average wage across all private sectors twenty seven dollars and sixty six cents an hour? That's pretty good. Pretty good. Mining and lodging jobs. Uh, mining and lodging logging jobs through the roof over the last year. Construction jobs up. Manufacturing jobs kind of going up a little bit. Utilities, no jobs there. Information, uh, not not great, but ticking up. Financial services, eh, you know, steadily uh, climbing. Business services, way up, right? Good job growth there. Healthcare, way up. Transportation and uh, warehousing, way up. Retail jobs, flat. Uh, and leisure and hospitality, kind of way up, actually. So way up across a lot of the different you know, uh, sectors here wait, wait, wait. Uh, between wait. goods and services. What was that one in, right right there at the end? Flat? Retail. Oh, retail. Okay. It's retail. I just wondered. Retail. I mean, the, the consumer is still spending, obviously. You know, every I, I've seen, oh, we staved off recession, you know, and so many things here. Hey, maybe we won't have a recession. You've got about, you know, you got... Uh, Half or so are the people, a little bit more, saying we're going to have a recession sometime within the next 12 months. Or, and some people have now switched their tune right. to say, maybe this thing reaccelerates so, so the look, economy. Last, we, get, we get no, last no week, recession. Last week, the economy was great. S&P notches gains on jobs data, right? That was one of the big headlines. This week, right, the IMF comes out and, and uh, cuts... Global economic growth projections uh, to three point three percent, right? So, so uh, 
throw some cold water on that whole idea. Right. But then nobody actually read the rest of the, the statement. Next year is forecasted to, to be like 3.9% or something. Reacceleration. Reacceleration Global growth. synchronized growth. Reacceleration, baby. So what I got for you, Don, is, uh, you know, hey, it's 2019. It's 2019 a lot like 1999. If you look at the last 10 years on, uh, on a chart, S&P 500, it looks really stinking good, right? But are we going to go back to maybe, you know, what it looked like in the early 2000s, 1999's this inflection point? You were saying like, hey, man, you know, look at all these IPOs with all these companies coming out. They're having IPOs. They make no money. They are burning billions of dollars in cash. Billions. Yeah. And that's really eerily scary, familiar to what was going on in 1999 you know, according to empirical research partners who put out this great piece, no, just, just no a, earnings, no problem doing IPO. Yeah, no earnings, no problem. I, IPO heaven, deja vu all over again. 1999 and 2019 are starting to look like twins, mm -hmm. close to identical twins. Uh -oh. You know, one of the things, the top 75 stocks. Well, actually, it's good, but it's an uh-oh because what comes after 1999 well, yeah, is 2000, you know, 2001, 2002. Oh, dot-com, blow up. Woo. Yeah, bad yeah. stuff. These stocks that didn't have any earnings. So what were these? It didn't have any revenue. What, what were these dudes at Empirical you know, Research They were down 77%, baby. What and you they? know what you need when you're down 77%. A miracle. You need a miracle, man. Try to get back to even. A so miracle. The top 75 stocks uh, in uh, the composite called the Big Growers Composite, according to this empirical research. The Big uh, Growers. Partners, is there 85, they have an 85% premium PE compared to the rest of the large cap say, composite. Say what? Hey, man, almost two to one, baby. That's really kind of reminiscent of what was going on back in the day, 1999. You know, free cash flow margins. Oh, you know, what cash flow? Valuations are high. They're not quite as high as 1999 in but terms man, of PE multiples, but they're getting up there. Yeah, I mean, S&P 500 through the end of last week, we're looking at a... According to the Wall Street Journal, Saturday, Sunday edition. So that's the end of the week. 21.72 on the S&P 500. I mean, it's not as high as it was a year ago because we've had some earnings uh, growth, you know, over the last year. Good earnings. Uh, so, but it's still high. 21.72 averages, so, you know, or high 15s. Just, to, just long to, term. Just to take this a little bit further. Okay. You know, large capitalization stocks, if you uh, bifurcate that uh, group of stocks, by best quintile based on their factors, meaning that these are the companies that have the highest quality trends right now, mm -hmm. the price for those stocks is going negative. And the worst quintile what? stocks, the what? ones with the crappiest fundamentals, are the ones that are screaming higher. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, so no, forward. No, no, no. Wait a second. I'm serious. Second, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I dude. didn't actually read this thing. I was oh, counting man. on you to read this one. I did. For me. This I is did. A doozy. <laughs> Repeat doozy. that again. So listen, in Q1 of 19, right? Uh -huh. The stocks with the best quintile factor quality. So, like, they have good cash flow. Have They're negative returns. Have negative returns from a price standpoint. 
And the ones with the worst quintile of these same select factors are up about 30%. So the companies making no money, are their stock prices are going through the roof. The companies that are making money, they're dropping like a rock, basically. And that looks identical to what happened in 1998 through 3 of 2003, through March of 2003. We just finished March of 2019. Do you know what happened right after March of 2000? Yeah. The dot-com bubble came apart, man. Yeah, so... People were screaming at so the So check this out, time. right? Uh, J.P. Morgan Research just put this out. I just tweeted it not long ago. If you don't follow me, I'm on Twitter. Every once in a while, I have a oh, good you, nugget. Hey, WBI Professor President, Matt, right? man, he's got some good so, tweets. I like to t- I, I like to find stuff, put it out there. I mean, whether anybody pays attention to it or not on Twitter is another thing. But, you know, I, I like to thought I'm providing uh, folks with thought leadership here. So since 2005, right, there was almost no such thing as an ETF back then, right? Passive management was not a thing. But that's when, you know, active started to see its outflows right after, you know, 2001, 2002, 2000, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002. You're starting to see outflows for active managers. That's persisted all the way through 2019. In fact, right, almost dollar for dollar, the the money is going into passive investments. So you had about... uh, Three, uh, what is this? Uh, trillion dollars. Trillion. Out. Yeah, that's a big number. And about three point five trillion in, you know, to uh, passive investments. So, uh, the only thing I'd like to say about that is, I mean, w- when investors capitulate here, it's going to be like a run on the bank. Who's going to buy these stocks, man? Nobody. We're going to have like an epic stock market crash, dude. Because the active managers, right, they're going to be cashed up. They're going to have some cash. Now you're they're scared. Gonna, you're starting to scare they're, me, they're, man. They're actually going to, you know, cushion the downside a bit. They're, they're not going to be buying what, stock yet. What everybody wants well, to know, man. What everybody wants to know, because they've got FOMO, fear of missing out on these great returns that we've seen in the first quarter of 2019 so far, and we expect the market to go higher. Is, when is this crash going to happen? That's the, when do I get out of the market? That's like the twenty trillion dollar question. Oh yeah, you know no, I, I don't know. It's going to be at least no a twenty trillion dollar question. Talk about two thousand eight, right? Fourteen trillion dollars, well, sixteen trillion dollars, eight trillion moved to the sideline, still not coming back in, and eight trillion dollars was destroyed. What was it? Destroyed. Destroyed. Okay. Gone forever. Toast. Toast. Fini. Yeah. Okay. Which might be the actually uh, the Italian economy is apparently fini, <laughs> uh, and that's one reason why people weren't buying the what the IMF was saying. But it is what it is, man. So here's dude, a, here's another quick comparison, right? Okay. Large cap stocks, right? Large cap stocks. Forward PE ratios by sector. What was the most overvalued in 1999? The three most overvalued sectors with a P.E. multiple average of about 40 times earnings, which wow. is unbelievably wow. Okay, this is good. Is Give it software to me. and sciences, so the tech group, the most overvalued, almost 40 plus, pharma and biotech, okay, right up there in the 40 range. Right. Retail and media. 
Consumer services, no, right up there. No kidding. Okay. And guess what the top three most overvalued sectors are right now? The same three. Yes. Yes. And and what is the PE multiple of those bad boys? 25. Whoa. Right? Okay. Yep. Uh, actually, healthcare is really pretty reasonable. It's about 20. What? And still, retail, still, still about generous. 25. Still generous. Yep. Those are generous PEs. You know, no, they're, based they're on what's been going on at the moment. With, with, so with earnings slowing, yeah. You know, a a twenty five is it's pretty pricey. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get too excited. All right. So hey, uh, we're going to be right back with what should you do with all this information, and we'll be back in like twenty seconds. I'm going to hide under the covers. Okay. Man. Bye. Interested in practice management and market commentary? For our up-to-the-minute take on markets and the economy, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at WBI Investments. Are you interested in practice management and other insights on how to navigate today's market conditions? We also post regular market commentary on our website, WBIinvestments.com. All right, and we're back. So, dude, man... I'm not too sure about all that information. It was kind of mind-boggling last week. was was mind-boggling. And hey, look, we're we're trying to make this more lively. I mean, when you get through 67 of these, after a while, you know, it's hard to freshen the thing up. But we're back, baby. We're having fun. We're bringing fun to finance yeah, here, baby. for sure. So uh, no snoozing. No, I mean, you're supposed to be driving down the road, enjoying what you're hearing here, learning a little bit about markets and the economy. So you know, dude. We were talking about maybe you should plow all your money into the fang stocks and all that, you know, overvalued stuff. But you were you were telling me uh, that not so fast, my friends, uh, dividends, not just dividend paying stocks, but companies that increase their dividends over time. Are dividend the place growers, to be at. baby. That's where the so action you were doing is. A little research on this. And obviously there's a great piece out by Ned Davis Research. Dividend growers since 1972 is where it at. If you if you had a hundred bucks in S and P companies that grew their dividends, it, it goes. It, I mean, I don't even know the number. I'll have to look it up quick. It's big. It's huge. It is like the S and P went to thirty five hundred bucks, and and uh, you know dividend growers went to a hundred bucks to like something like seven thousand dollars or something like that. It was a huge number, right? right. Like a double over the S&P. So you were doing some further research on this. Hey, listen, just if we take a look at what happened in 2018's fourth quarter, it was kind of ugly, right? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't. Russell just came out with a little piece. So, you know, they're wetting our appetite. They've got, you know, three different dividend grower indexes. Really? Which I think that's awesome. They have, uh, the they were featuring the Russell 2000 dividend growers. So these are the small and, and uh, mid-cap companies, you know, in that 2000 yeah. index sure. that are growing their uh, dividends and they have to have grown their dividends to be included in this index out of the 2000 stocks, just the ones that have consistently grown their index for at least the last grown their 10 years. Yep. I'm sorry, grown their dividend for the last 10 for years. For the last 10 years, they've been yep. growing their dividends. Yep. Okay. And so they, uh, they, they, they essentially cut the... The, ch- the wheat uh, or the chaff, and they keep the wheat or the cream of the crop, and uh, the top 50 stocks have, on average, had consistent- I didn't know farming was in your background. Had consistent growing dividends for 26 consecutive years. Whoa. Whoa. And 
So in the fourth quarter, uh, we know that the uh, indexes really took a nosedive. And the Russell 2000 index, not the dividend growers, but just the 2000 index, the collection of 2000 small mid-cap company stocks on the small side. In Q4. In Q4 was down 20.2% according to Russell. In, in, the, in the fourth quarter. Negative return. Which, by the down way. Down 20. Was, bear market. By the way, wasn't the max drawdown either, mind you. No, so it was down 20. But it was and down a lot more than that before, you know, Santa Claus came with late presents on, uh, you know, the, the day after Christmas and, and the market's up like 5 6% or whatever it was. So as you indicated from the Ned so Davis research study that was much longer duration, you know, goes way back. Mm-hmm. And it has like 2x, dividend growers have like two times the return. Yeah, for sure. Of the index. Yep. In 2018's fourth quarter, the dividend growers were only down 8%, not down 20.2. Wow. Wow, man. I love it when it doesn't go down so much and you don't lose so much money. And if you, at the same time, the thing has a higher performance profile when the market's moving in a positive did, direction. Did, this is a big deal, folks. Yeah, and and do you it's, have... It's exactly, way, it's exactly what we try to do. I don't know do. if you have it, but do you have the Q1 stats? I don't. But you know what we do have? We happen to have a WBI rising dividend uh, strategy. You know, it's something to take a look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, that's why we do it. Yep. They're good. Sure. All right, man. Sure, man. That's what we need to know. That That's all you need to know. Well, apparently. you know, I this think, show's I think over. Folk- Mic drop right there. He's <laughs> like, rising <laughs> dividends, dude. That's it. So the market's looking for direction here, Don. I yes. mean, it's looking, uh, do, does it go north or does it go south? Well, you know, we- north meaning <laughs> positive returns, south meaning negative returns. Obviously, the concerns here are global growth. Are we going to have more global global growth? Or are we going to continue slowing? U.S. earnings is this you know earnings season going to be a doozy? Uh, is the U.S. economy going to spring back from a, a you know a soft Q1? I mean, Don. So what's going on, Don? Wait, hey, listen. Are we going north? Or are we going south? Are some of these concerns going to go away? Or, or is the S&P going to notch big gains off a of stronger job data? Or are we going to still have some softness? And is this thing going in the toilet? So the uh, data, which is really what you want to look at. The I, data. The numbers won't lie to you. Okay, Jerome. You're okay. going to be data dependent here, okay? <laughs> so, you know, for the last couple of quarters, the data has been weakening, getting worse. And it's what's caused... You know, the markets to have problems both in the fourth quarter of 2018, which we just discussed. And, you know, it's been uh, up in the first quarter. Right. Uh, Basically, because people are looking at the geopolitical uh, environment, especially trade. Uh And they figure maybe trade's going to get reconciled, which will give global growth a big boost. You know, and so we had that until, I guess, uh, President Trump. Decided that things, oh. things were moving too Oops. too good too, too swimmingly too well. yes too yes. swimmingly and he decided to bash uh, 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 the eurozone with a, a potentially eleven billion dollars in uh, tariffs new tariffs you know yeah. I guess they don't, they call him the, the what does he call himself tariff man he he doesn't call himself tariff man yeah it's for a new nothing. Elton John song I mean <laughs> you know the the funny thing is I but was, I, I do think that you know one of the things about the data is it's gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So the data is sending mixed signals. 
But I'd rather have mixed signals than negative, negative, negative. So I don't know. I think this is tough to call, but I'm I'm feeling a little bit better, not only about this quarter's uh, earnings results, the potential for it. Maybe it's not quite as bad as the experts think, number one. We've thought that all along. Mm -hmm. And number two... This could be a one-quarter slowdown. Oh, I, I heard. A one-quarter slowdown. And I heard this today. The guy was like, you know, uh, this was a quote, right? It was on CNBC like an hour ago. The guy's like, uh, you know, earnings, man. I'm sure that, you know, companies are going to beat and so on and f- so forth. And uh, so they beat 70% of the time anyway. And he was trying to like write off that we can actually have a surprise to the upside because this guy's like a doomsday bear dude. And by the way, bring on a bear market. We raise cash. We're we're trying to give you what we think's going on here. We look, we not look. not trying to color like, hey, we're active managers, man, and like we're really good on the downside. It's going to go down. You should invest with us. We've really been working on trying to ride that bull a little bit better. Even the bear guy had a hint of positivity. If you read between the lines, he's like, oh, maybe, you know, the bond market's really telling us something here. And and he's a bond guy, too. So he's trying to be like, yeah, give the money to me. I'm a bond guy. But anyway, it just, you know, it doesn't make sense to me, man. It, it, yeah, there's mixed signals, but there's a lot of positive signs that stuff's not so bad. I mean, look at look at the last last weekend's uh, cover of the Wall Street Journal and jobs. I mean, we got job gains across the board. Hey, man, I, t- I tell you what. What's that signaling for the economy? It's got to be OK. Get the, the trade and tariff stuff. Out of the way, big boost, big boost, big boost. And you think the market, as a result, might have Brexit, a Trump Bre- bumped part duh. Brexit looks like it might be much to do about, about nothing. nothing, right? Yep, that's good. And the tariffs, you know, I mean, look, uh, Germany, uh, you know, has tariffs on American automobiles. We have none here. Technically, all the cars that are made here by Mercedes-Benz and such in the United States and some of these other companies, most of the car is manufactured in Germany. Uh, they assemble it essentially here. Well, so they'd like, they'd like to have an economy, too. There's nothing they, wrong with that. They would. The only problem is we need to have neutral playing field. And that's what, you know, I think the president's trying to do with the tariff situation, bring people to... You know, a fair market, a more fair market, a more fair free market system worldwide. Uh, you know, China, Europe, Canada, Mexico. Yeah. Our tr- major trading partners. Well, that's what he was going to say. Hopefully, hey. hopefully that works. And even more stridently, I hope it clears, you know, so that we can get back to the business I'm making money for people. Right. Well, you you heard the uh, last week too. I mean, he put pressure economically on Mexico said, "Hey, dude, we're going to we're going to shut down the border. There ain't nothing coming through, dude," right? From a commerce perspective. Mm-hmm. Mexico was like, "Okay, we shut the southern border 20 minutes ago. No <laughs> problem, right?" So, um some of these policies while uh maybe controversial seem to be getting the job done from an economic perspective and you know, I've heard this quote recently. Maybe don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the White House on, um, you know, the market going higher here. I think and the economy doing a little bit better. I wouldn't count the market out yet. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, I wouldn't. All right. So, hey, that's number 67 this week. Bull Bear Radio. It's in the can. It's in the can. No earnings, no problem, baby. Just do an IPO. Hey. 
This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this reporting. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ABV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments. Although a company may pay a dividend, prices of equity securities, including those that pay dividends, fluctuate. Investing on the basis of dividends alone may cause an investor to buy or sell certain securities when circumstances may or may not be favorable.